Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the GC Sunscast. G'day Suns fans and welcome to the Gold Coast Suns show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane, joining me on the line is Tom as he does each and every week. Welcome to the show Tom. Yeah, g'day Shane, how you going mate? Oh, a bit dusty, a bit dusty. It's uh, <laughs> It was a big weekend for me, I had my birthday yesterday and celebrated in perfect style on the sad day, I went up to the Gabba game to watch the Suns. Now, the actual football wasn't that remarkable, but I had the pleasure of meeting some amazing Suns fans, some of the most passionate Suns supporters you would ever meet, and they are actually the family members of some of the, our, our favourite Suns players. So, I had great. a great night, caught up with them, ended up going back to the Pineapple Hotel after the game and having a... Uh, a bit of a party, or as one of the uh, one of them so uh, politely put it, the uh, private pineapple. <laughs> so um, no, it was a fantastic night, and I got a lot of really good stuff. Uh, just the level of closeness that even the parents of some of our sons' players have just really shines through, and. You know, if that's just the tip of the iceberg and the kids are that much more connected and close with each other, then the club's in a really strong position with, with its youth. Uh, what about and you, Tom? Some, some of those parents have actually moved up here to, or moved down here to support the, their, their kids. And, and isn't it great, the family behind the players? Like, you don't, you don't get that a lot. No, you don't. You don't. And it's, I mean, it's what the club needs. The club needs, they market themselves as a family club as far as, as to supporters, trying to get the kids along to, to games and stuff. But they really need to market themselves as a family club to the players mm. as well. They need to mm. really get the, the family members of the players involved every single step of the way, make them feel included. Um no, it was a great night. I even got to sit and watch the football with a couple of the families and really see it through their eyes of how they would watch games. And obviously, it focused on, on their son being out in the field, but mm, mm. they were also very critical at the same time as being supportive. So I, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, sure. Now, Tom, this is the start of our GC Sunscast showcase. So, leading up to episode 50, we're currently 49, uh, we have a special week ahead of us. So, not only do we have tonight's episode, we have an episode Thursday night, which at this stage, let's say it'll come on the air at about 6.30, and we're going to discuss the teams, which would be announced at 6.20. So, that's a bit of a selection episode we're going to have on Thursday night, a bonus. And... Mm. 
Then on Sunday at 4.30pm, the Suns take on the Hawks down at Marvel Stadium. So we're going to actually provide a bit of Suns commentary and give a bit of a Suns biased point of view uh, to go along with watching the game. So if you're sitting there watching the game at home, uh, mute the TV, jump onto our Facebook, click on the link and try to sync up the, the audio with, with what you're hearing. And it should be fairly close to live. Uh, you should get a really good view, a really good taste of... Uh, I mean, we're, we're probably not going to be the greatest commentators, but if anything's to go by, it's going to be Jared Ruffhead's farewell game. So the commentary is pretty much going to be everything Hawthorne. So this will provide a, a Suns commentary, a Suns flavour to the Suns supporters. So we're going to give a, have a go at that. Yeah, terrific, and and the uh, and the best thing about that is that we, as you say, we can provide a counterpoint. Obviously, Roughhead deserves a you know a farewell game, and it deserves a bit of you know a bit of commentary about how how his journey from being drafted very highly and you know priority picks for the for Hawthorne. That's a it's a timely thing to talk about, and you know the, the, how the Suns are going. Whether we get beaten by 100 points or make a contest of it, it doesn't matter exactly. What we want to do is provide something that in the future it might look like this were we to be commentating particular games if our sponsorship gets up to a certain point. And uh, and, and certainly lately we've been getting new sponsors. So uh, it's all looking onward and upward for us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And... One of the benefits of us doing this uh, live commentary thing to the game is our chat function on our live show is going to be active. So fans will be able to actually chat to us while we're live on the air um, and, and tell us their thoughts and we'll read the best out as we're on air. Um, so it's a really interactive experience, hopefully for both us and the fans. Now, as you mentioned, it all depends if you want this a regular thing, that all depends on our Patreon support. And we have new Patreon this week, Brody Burgess. So congratulations, Brody. Welcome to the team. And you jump into the queue with Old Soul, Jack's dad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, Brody Burgess, James Wood, and Tony. Those are our Patreon supporters. You can find the link on our Facebook and jump on and join the club. And you and you can and you can remain anonymous if you like, uh, as you can tell from the the names of our sponsors. Some of them want to give their their real names, and some of them give their their avatar names on on social media or whatnot. Uh, we won't speculate as to the surname of our latest. Uh, seems like it might be uh, someone close to the game, but we won't speculate on who that might be. Uh, we welcome all all people of all stripes, and as you said. Shane, you, you, you spend time with the families and they're all super supportive of, of the, the sons and of the, the, uh, of the concept that we're doing. And if any of them are listening live or, or later on in the recording, then you know, welcome to the show and we, we hope you enjoy what we're trying to do to promote your boys. Yeah. And I, girls. And girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's obviously AFLW uh, with the sons now as well. But I do want to give a, a special shout-out to the families that I met um, 
yeah, it made such a, a special birthday for me. Even though they didn't know it was my birthday, I kept that bit quiet. Um, <laughs> but they were, they were shouting me beers all night, and it was just an amazing thing. Uh, so, special mention to the Bose family, the Ainsworth family, Lacocious family, Fiorini family, and Joyce families. Uh, really hope we get to see each other again at upcoming games, and love hearing from you guys and love chatting with you. Um, and, I, and I must admit, I apologise for not being able to make it. I was feeling very, very poorly and uh, only pulled the pin at about midday uh, and just before the needle started because I was actually really looking forward to going to see both games and meeting up with people. But, yeah, it, th- this, this kind of thing happens. So, next time. But you all have to... Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the first bit of news for the day. Uh, I posted this up on Facebook last week, I think the next day after our episode. Damien Barrett does a podcast on the AFL.com.au website called In The Game. And last week he had Tony Cochran on. So which, is, he, which is kind of, uh, if, to, to help our fans who aren't really that familiar, or maybe they are very familiar, Damien Barrett and Tony Cochran are very different people and... I thought it was a really interesting choice of guest for, for Damien Barrett. So I guess we're going to hear about why I believe that is the case. Yeah, well, we'll get into the um, into what was discussed. I've got a, a clip here to play. Uh, just give the fans a taste of Tony Cochran in action. But you all have to find something to write about. You all have to make up enough shit so that, you know, there's output but the truth of the matter is very, very, very few of you actually come up and spend significant time in our environment and go, let's really analyse this. Let's really dig deep. Let's have a look at the success behind this club. So that was Tony Cochran having a crack at the, the AFL media and how they're, they're very quick to jump on and criticise the club when very few of them have actually come up here and seen what's going on. I mean, you hear in the media so often that they're always talking about, oh, this club doesn't deserve a priority pick. They've just thrown away everything in the last nine years. Well, yeah, that's not accurate. Yeah, we did, but it's it's a completely different different off field team. Uh, different. We've got a, Mark Evans in the, the role now. We've got John Haynes, Stuart Jew. All the off field pieces are, are different to what they were five years ago, and. They never seem to to bring that point up, do they? No, they don't. And uh, I tell you what, if it, that, that episode's still available for people to listen to, and it hasn't aged any since the game. Um, oh, look, it, it was. I, I, I was just thinking, point after point after point that we we be, seem like we're labouring. Forty nine episodes now, where we've been labouring the same points, and we often get tired of listening to ourselves go over the same arguments and yet Tony Cochran just you know he's so convincing and so passionate and he makes really I mean I've just said that we've been making the points he's reinforcing the points we're making and making new points just really good arguments and you know using statistics and data that are fresh saying that you know the the Gold Coast has, has has multiplied the involvement in the game in the Gold Coast region. And he didn't even have to talk about the Queensland wide region where, you know, we're, we're promoting the game. The Suns brand is being promoted all over Queensland, northern New South Wales, and even in the South Pacific Islands. 
So, you know, he, he just, it was just really great. I felt really proud. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he goes into everything talking about the, the development and growth of AFL football in Queensland, like we've discussed. Um, he chats about the concessions that the AFL gave GWS. Um, he, he just really stood up for, for Northern clubs, in particular the Gold Coast Suns, with comments like this. Is it the AFL or is it the VFL? Is it? You know, it's, it's things like that which needed to be said because no one else says them. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And he's, he's been doing this his whole career. So he's such an asset to have for us. And as he goes on to say, he's, in, he's basically been appointed by the AFL to manage and, and to lead their product. So he could be, they, they, could, they could get rid of him tomorrow. But why would they? Because he's such a good asset. Of course we're going to survive. You know, over my dead body will we not survive. Of course we're going You know, so <laughs> you, you just got to love it. I've got a full uh, soundboard now of Tony Cochran audio samples. <laughs> so I'll be pulling those out as, as we go along through all the episodes. I'll probably get a nice workout on, um, on game day on Sunday. <laughs> all right, Tom, let's move into the next uh, topic, which is uh, a serious one. Now, Braden Crossley has been provisionally suspended by ASADA for having found a cocaine metabolite in his system. Now, first of all, let's start by saying just because they found a cocaine metabolite in his system doesn't mean he's taken cocaine. Uh, It was really quite disgusting to see on social media and other forums so many people immediately jumping and calling him and uh, some nasty names and an idiot and stuff when we don't really have all the all the facts just yet. Uh, and you were telling me off air, there's, there's some tea or something which could produce the same effect? Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, the, the, what, what's shown up in the test is, is a, it's a byproduct of the, the manufacturing process of cocaine. Now, we should be really really careful here because we know that we, 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 we don't bloody chemists or scientists or anything but what we know cocaine comes from the, the poppy and it's a naturally occurring thing and it goes through a chemical process and in that chemical process one of the byproducts is what's shown up now you can synthetically manufacture that same thing and so what it leads to is certain products that are out there that are that haven't been listed by ASADA as, as, as being performance enhancing or, or against anything can lead to a false positive. And now for listeners who think, well, you know, what the hell is he going on about? A false positive is, is basically what's shown up here. It's shown up as this, but for, the, for ASADA to test Braden Crossley's urine, for every single drug that is known to to, to enhance performance, he, he'd need to he'd need to pee a river. So he's he, they've basically done a cross section of what he's provided, and this thing's come up. Now this thing could be in a tea, a particular you know not necessarily performance enhancing, but a health product or some sort of um, you know I mean the we know Asada went right through the bombers and just you know, destroyed them. For years, and Asada, like my personal opinion of Asada, they're bullies. They really 
they they need results and they're going for results and they've they've unfortunately they've found like no AFL player has cocaine in their urine on game day. I don't care what anyone says about AFL players partying or whatever. Like it's it's not a, it's not the individual who's made a stupid decision. There's this really strange but adverse finding, and he's got to face up to it. He's he's going to have to face it. He's got his own lawyers. He's got you know it, it, he's it's not presumption of innocence here either, Shane. It's he has to prove his innocence. They're saying this is a guilty verdict and he has to go back and prove it's not. So that's different to any other day in court. The the three outcomes here, Shane, uh, if he's guilty, four years ban. And that starts on the day that he stopped playing a couple of months ago. Uh, interim outcome is that he proves that he didn't knowingly ingest the substance or didn't put it in his body unknowingly, which you know you can't exactly inject yourself and not know about it, but things can pass your lips. And there are many other athletes who argue this case and they get either found innocent or they get found that they unknowingly ingested it, but they still get banned for two years, which is what he's facing. Or he get, he, his lawyers prove him innocent. And that's what we're, we're, we're supporting. Uh, we support his family. And that's really important because, you know, Braden Crossley is like a father-son for the Gold Coast. His old man played for Southport and and was a, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. His younger brother potentially will be drafted this year or next year uh, or, or, you know, he'll, he'll play for Southport like his dad. And, you know, it, it's really important not to just throw him right under the bus and I think a lot of people have and it's I, I find that pretty disgusting. Yeah, I mean, you've pretty much said it all there. I believe Braden Crossley's father came out with a statement late last week um, declaring that they were fighting the charges. At least that's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Um, and they they have to do that. Um, like you said, he's been forced a guilty verdict on top of him and now he has to be proven innocent. Uh, a bit of a, a strange thing. Again, four years for an illicit substance by Asada. That's a pretty strange thing as well um i'm pretty sure i only remember shane warne missing a year of cricket uh in the early 2000s or late 90s well you got to remember that the afl and asada are at loggerheads yeah anytime that asada can go after an afl player and and also club and also the competition so it's a layered thing there's an individual, and then there's an individual within the club, and there's the club, and then there's the, the, the AFL. So there's four layers to the thing. And then there's Asada, who the AFL hate, and and, 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 and Asada goes after. I mean, look at what Asada did to, to, to Essendon. Yeah. I mean, the same thing in rugby league. I know you're not big on rugby league, but the same thing, the same guy was at Cronulla in the NRL. When Asada came out and said, we're going after Essendon, and we're going after Cronulla, and we're gonna be- we're gonna put bans in place players. Cronulla went on their knees, begged for mercy, and said, "We're so sorry. We'll accept anything you give us." Half their players already left the club, and they got suspensions of six or eight weeks and some fines. And their coach got suspended for a year. The coach has since been knocked out of the entire competition because he, while he was suspended, he was still coaching the club. But that's another story. 
James Heard, same thing, got suspended for a year, came back, and what happened, what happened. But Essendon fought. And when Essendon fought, all their players who'd been there at the time got suspended for a year, years after the initial thing had happened. So Asado and AFL, they hate each other. So Gerber, we love you, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And, and they've lawyered up and the club's supporting them. And just you just hope that sanity prevails and you just know that Asada have just got a really crappy track record on this. They really... They really just go for results, and, and if they can get a victim, that's a win. All right. Well, I think we'll leave that topic there, but our thoughts go out to the Crossley family. Where we can only imagine this must be hard on them, especially uh, young Ashton, who's still playing in the academy. Yeah. Uh, so thoughts go out to them. All right. Well, let's chat about injuries. Another not... Ex- not uh, I don't know. I don't know. Why it's, do we bother this? Week, the this injuries week's just been keep a mounting. We had, a, we had an injury-free week, and we have had players coming back from injury, but now we're... Have we only had in... one injury-free week this whole year? It feels like yeah. it. Yes. All yes. right. So, this week, Miles hurt himself in the game with an ankle issue, uh, syndesmosis or something like that. He's out for the rest of the season. And McLennan, as well, hurt his ankle, I believe, at training so he didn't play yeah, which, in the kneeful, and he's out we, for the we season did, We two. did speculate that, that, that that's what had happened because it, it, there'd been no reports, and suddenly he, he, he wasn't named in the in the team either team. So that's that that's a freak injury, you know. He, he's he's trying to get into the into the senior team, and he's training hard, and he's had those, so you know it happens, but it doesn't help. So the only players not out for the season or declared out is Riordan and Archie. They are one to two weeks on the injury list. So, oh, can't wait for the season to come to finish up. Can we, Tom? No, and, you know, we, we, we've got hopes that Rankin might come back, but it's just hopes. You know, they've still got him as TBA, so I think they're hopeful. Uh, Riordan and Archie won't play this week, might play the week after. So we, there's between zero and three players who might come back and there's nine guys who have no chance. And we've even got a bigger list than everyone else, but even with that, we've got 48 players in the list and only 36 are available for selection. And uh, it doesn't, it, di- it didn't help our, our needful boys over the weekend to, to have so many players out. But, yeah, it just seems to be year after year that... Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. We've just got this thing and... You just hope that maybe with the uh, submission to the AFL Commission that we don't just ask for a priority pick, but we also ask for things like a, a longer list or a longer, say, the longer category B list, for example, where we could have six or eight players who are, are going to be able to play NEFL if if they're called upon, but can't play AFL unless our injury list gets so bad that they have to be upgraded to category A. So, 
you know, and I think that's I think that's happening because with retention of of, of academy players, that's the you know that, that that's that, that's how they'll do it by extra list spots. But what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, Not I on guess that something like that. What do you reckon? What do you reckon about the injury list and how to how to how to sort of uh, avoid it like the Lions do? Well, that's just down to the performance and. Um, medical team, isn't it? Uh, Is it? Well, the, we know for a fact the Suns haven't had the greatest medical team and they keep changing it every few years and that does have an effect on players as their bodies constantly get sort of pushed and shoved between different regimes. Um, so I think this would be... Well, next year would be the second year under this current mm. regime with uh, mm. Alex Rigby. Yeah. So maybe maybe next year we, we get an improvement in the list, in the injuries. Uh, but a lot of them are uh, injuries from, from knocks, from uh, contact, contact injuries. So, mm. yeah, I'm not sure how you can prevent a lot of them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, they're injuries that happen in game or in training. They're not well. I mean, which was where injuries come from. But everyone except for Holman was a, a fresh injury. So Holman was carrying the injury right through the process and, and through the games he played. The other thing I'll say though is, it seems like if we were in contention for finals. How many of these players who have gone for the season would you think might actually be trying to put their hand up for selection right now? Uh, putting them on ice is a bit of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you'd think someone like... Um, well, if we were in contention, who knows? Maybe Miles might be able to, to come back. But you've got yeah. players like Rankin as well, that yep. a, a TBA, maybe they'd be finding a way in. Um, yeah, Brody, it, it's hard to he, say. He, Brody, he, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But obviously, the, the the you know the ACLs they they're gone for the year. I think I think Collins and and Rankin would be um, definitely have been wrapped in Colton wool because Rankin we know has, has has this amazing potential, and Collins did such a good job for us and needed to miss time. But why bring him back? And then he gets an injury in round twenty three, and he's and wrecks his preseason. So we know he's a player for the future for us. So cotton wool, uh, maybe Jack Homsch. Thanks for the the service you've delivered. Um, get better, and then Nick have a full preseason. You know, it's hard, it's hard to say exactly what's going on, but you just get the feeling that the same injuries at other clubs they wouldn't have so many so many weeks off. I think even um, Ainsworth and Bowes had a bit longer than those injuries would typically have have taken at other clubs. That that was certainly the commentary around the time was about six weeks for each of them, end up being eight or nine. Mm. All right, well, we better move on to the NEFL report. Now, you uh, sat around at home because you didn't go to the game, so you were able to, to sit there and watch the NEFL game on YouTube. What were your thoughts? The Suns lost by 25 points to the Lions, but... Uh, I believe they led for most of the game, didn't they? The first half and the second half were chalk and cheese. So the the young sons, um, led by obvious 
inclusions into the NEFL team like uh, Jack Martin and, and Peter Wright and players returning from injury or on the comeback from injury uh, competing for, for a senior spot like uh, Jordan Murdoch and, and George Holland-Smith and Brad Shear just played their butts off. They were excellent. They were out playing. Like I was on, I was on the chat with uh, a lot of Lions supporters and they couldn't believe what they were seeing. They were like, this is the best team we've played this year. This is unlike the Lions getting absolutely flogged. It was terrific footy to watch. And then after half time, you've got a bunch of 17-year-olds playing. You've got, you've got Andrew Swallow, you know, two years retired from the AFL, playing in his brother's jersey. You've got uh, Ethan Reeves, if you remember him. He was an academy player. Played a lot of NEFL for us. We didn't pick him up. He went on a, a church mission for a couple of years, came back, won the premiership with Southport last year, and he's coming back from injury this year. So that they've loaned him to us essentially as a, as a, as a top-up player. So it tells you the, the, the grit of the, of the team has got them to, you know, in the game at three-quarter time. And the Lions are just, you know, they're, they're the, the bottom of their list, but – they're, they're the bottom 21 players. So, you know, you, you can't compete against that. Um, there are a lot, heap of AFL experience in the Lions team. And the Lions will have to delist half a dozen of these players. So they're playing for their futures. So, yeah, we were no chance. Knock, knocks us out of, out of finals contention, unfortunately. But I think the next two weeks of NEFL against uh, the Sydney Swans this week, and then the Giants in the final week. And the Giants who uh, the Neefel side for the Suns flogged them a couple of weeks ago. So the Neefel side and the Gold Coast are playing finals level. But unfortunately, injuries have just uh, meant that we, we've lost a, a few close ones this year and we're not going to make it. Okay. Uh, so what players stood out for you? I mean, I've heard Martin got 32 disposals, two goals, 12 tackles. Was, was he influential? First half especially, I mean, the, the only knock on him was that he, he you know, sort of fell away towards the end of the game. But, I mean, I think you can you could argue he was on track for a 40-possession game and he didn't quite get that many in the, in the end. But um, the whole team around him was falling away and the, and the Lions. And the, the Lions and Eiffel team this year, they, they have had a few games where it's been you know fairly even towards half-time, third quarter. And they they finish strongly. That's their that's their thing. So yeah, he was sort of a bit of a one man band in the, in that sort of last quarter and a half. So no, outstanding game. He was head and shoulders the best player on the field in the first half. Just didn't quite run it out. And Peter Wright had an interesting game because you know, he's playing playing essentially as a centre half forward, but he played fifty percent of the time in the ruck. The Suns with Tommy Nichols as well. That they, they had fifty-fifty. They're rotating through uh, ruck forward together uh, and a bit of time off the ground, obviously. And um, he got eighteen possessions, running around the ground, taking marks and influencing the play, and uh, twenty-two hitouts, which is you know pretty outstanding numbers for someone who's only meant to be about part timer and going up against the Brisbane ruck brigade, which is the best in the NEFL. So again, good good effort. Um, other players we know Connor Badarek is on a, on a on a rocket to to the draft. Uh, you know he was good. A few of the a few of the academy guys were were you know outplayed 
be kind to them because uh, they, they they put in such a great effort in the first in, in the first half. Uh, yeah, but couldn't finish running with legs. Bigger bodies will always sort of you know always decide that they had they had the legs, they had the size, and they're undefeated. So you know, valiant effort. You know, it, you, you can you can sort of find honour in defeat. Just not every week, but with this needful side, they they really pulled together, and a lot of them had never played footy together before. So you know you can't really blame them. Um, a lot to look forward to for next year. A lot of players uh, looking good. Unfortunately, it wasn't really a game for small forwards. Uh, Connor Nutting and Josh Gore didn't see much of the ball. Um, the two Joyce brothers played together. I don't know how many times they played together. I think they've obviously played in. Uh, for Palm Beach back in the day, but that was that was good to see. Jesse Joyce had a terrific game. Um, Michael Whiting uh, from AFL.com.au has suggested that maybe Jesse Joyce is in the mix, uh, or not maybe definitely, um, and and uh, and certainly Peter Wright and, and Jack Martin are, are back in the mix, and with Anthony Miles going out, maybe Brad Shear. However, we've got Thursday night to talk about that. We do. So we'll leave all that for Thursday night, give us something to talk about. Uh, We've got about 12 minutes left, so we'll jump into the AFL game. Suns, 8 goals, 5, 53, defeated by 91 points by Brisbane, 22 goals, 12, 144. We had three multiple goal scorers with Sexton, Swallow and Day, each kicking two apiece. Um, It was a tough game to watch. The first half was promising until probably five to ten minutes before half time and you could probably argue the umpires let the momentum swing that way didn't it tom it did i mean it, look at the score worm and uh you know half uh, half well two-thirds away through the second quarter it's a 15 point margin the Lions score a goal but you're still thinking well, the Suns just had a couple of goals in a row, kind of answered the first couple of goals. Super even for the first 10 minutes of the second quarter. This is a contest, and the Suns are here and ready to, ready to fight the contest. Um, earlier on in the, in, in the first quarter, the Lions had been given a bit of a guinea goal um, for a 50-metre penalty, and then the Lions kick a goal, and the Suns players have just tried so hard for the whole second quarter... They're pissed off, and you know Darcy McPherson gives away a, a, a free kick. Well, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. How, how do you give away a twelve points to the to the opposition for something as simple as pushing a bloke and he falls over? Like it should be staging. It should be six points at the other end, and then the Lions players all come in and start their, all their buffy stuff. And then, and then the umpire says, "I can reverse it, you know." Well, bloody reverse it, you idiot! Like I don't, I'm fed up with these umpires who who never ever ever give the Gold Coast the run of the green, and and uh, of course those that twelve point turnaround, Lions are up and about. The Suns are all got their heads down, and, and the and the Lions kicked a goal. So it was half time. You're thinking, well, it's impossible. And then the, then the Lions go on their massive 11 more goals. And then, of course, get to the fourth quarter and the Suns start going, well, you know, let's play for pride. And and, uh, and from there on in, after the 14 goals straight, the Suns actually 
kicked more goals and had the better of the contest. So take out that last five minutes of the second quarter and you've got a contest, but the refs, the umpires wrecked it. So Yeah, yeah for, I don't know if it's just me, but I think the umpiring's been the worst I've seen for years, this whole year, and not just in Suns games. I think it's been no. in other games. Um, Too many new rules, Shane. Like nine new rules, and so it just exposes the umpires. So I don't blame them personally. That it's just too, so much open to interpretation, and there are different instructions every week. It's just it's been pathetic. Mm. No, it hasn't been great. But uh, it was a game that was bigger than the umpires when blokes like Charlie Cameron. Uh, just another small forward that seems to get off the leash against the Suns. The Gold Coast Suns don't have a small defender capable of shutting these blokes down. We saw Eddie Betts kick six goals twice earlier this year. Um, yeah, what, what on Harbrow? Yeah, what can they do? Harbrow's not a, a shutdown defender. I think the best we have is Jesse Joyce, and he's currently not in the side. Uh, look, I, I did I did read a, a, a couple of good reviews about about Jacob Dawson saying, look, despite the fact that Charlie Cameron kicked the six goals, that's Charlie Cameron, and Jacob Dawson, you know, tried his heart out to to to, to do it. He's a 19-year-old kid. He just wasn't up to it. But he didn't have a bad game in spite of that. So he didn't let it get to him. He still played, you know, he was, he was still in, you know, maybe the top 12 Suns performers. If you, if you take that away, you can't blame defenders necessarily for someone just being so brilliant. But you're quite right. That matchup can't happen again. It needs to be... Well, I don't know if we have a person on our list who can who can actually contain because Charlie Cameron, A grader, I think he's uh, you know sixth or seventh on the Coleman medal. Uh, Coleman medal uh, for a small forward that's outstanding. If he had a season like this every year, he'd be winning Brownlow medals. He'd be you know he'd be in the conversation for the you know best ever at the position. So they're already talking about that. Yeah, well, I do have one potential theory of a player that we currently have on our list that could fulfill that purpose. Now, it is a role change for this player, but I believe next year, if we are to get the priority pick, we'll be picking up both Matt Rowe and Noah Anderson, two gun midfielders, which are going to be putting pressure on the midfield, not to Mm. mention any other experience experienced, mature players. We're looking at Stephen Hill, so he would slot onto a wing if we get him. But I'd say we'd be looking at similar type players that would be coming through the midfield as well. Eddie Betts is the latest. Eddie Betts as well, linked, small linked forward. with the Gold Coast, but offer on the table. I'm talking more about uh, the midfielders. We're expecting to get midfielders coming into the side next year. Yeah. Yep. That's going to push some of our current midfielders out of the comp team. Now, there's one player that I think could mould himself into another role as a small defense, uh, a defender, a, to take on those small defensive players like Cameron or Betts, and that's Tuke Miller. Mm, I, I knew you were going to say Tuke that. Miller and this wasn't is set our up. best tagger. Tuke Miller is our best tagger and has consistently shown he can shut blokes like Zorko and Beams and several other players that don't come to mind at the moment. 
but he oh, can shut he, these he, blokes he's down. He can shut down Tagger he as could, long as they're not bigger than six foot two. Exactly. He could be the perfect bloke to send down into a back pocket to, to shut out uh, Eddie Betts or Ka- Charlie Cameron and make their life hell. Yeah, totally agree with that. And if anything, it, it, it doesn't highlight our need to have more shutdown small defenders. It highlights our need to have more players who are able to go with the tagging role or with a rugged kind of like a loose tag where they're still getting possessions, but they're limiting and curbing the influence. We just don't have enough of those. So if you're going to rob Peter to pay Paul this season, doesn't doesn't work. Took's needed in the middle and played a sensational game on the weekend, even though he was tagging. Uh, he still managed to get good possession numbers and uh, and was one of the better players on the, on the field. But out of defence, he's improved his defensive uh, his disposal efficiency. We know he's got defensive capabilities. We know he's super fast. So how how great would it be to see Took coming out? And he's a leader. So we have our, our spiritual leader, Jared Harbrow, and then our vice captain, Took Miller, and then uh, Pierce Hanley. Not necessarily in defence, but Pierce Hanley in, in, in sort of a more of a defensive winger. Fantastic. That's that's a balanced team. If anything, we don't have the balance back there right. We've got a lot of the younger players, teenagers, kind of cutting their teeth. And uh, and when we get our, our our best 22 and our top six in defence, Took in the back pocket would really, really look effective. But we've got to replace him. So, Stephen Canelio, uh, offers on the table, mate. Come down to the, come up to the Gold Coast. You've got a starting spot in our top 22, mate. All right. Well, we'll save that for uh, probably a, a episode in the off-season. Um, <laughs> let's finish up this chat with our top three. So, I went for one vote with Jack Bowes. 21 disposals, 24 pressure acts, and he had about 390 metres gained. So, a great performance we've, from him in his second game back. We've got the same one-pointer. Um, I totally agree with you. Jack Bowes, not just his numbers, but just his poise around the ball and his leadership on the field. Just really great to see him. But just I'll just mention a couple of numbers. Uh, four inside 50s, but he, uh, and uh, then he had uh, five rebound 50s. So he's getting up and down the ground. Six tackles, which I think is equal best for the team. Uh, the Lions did out tackle us, which is a you know a bit of a worry. But we we weren't we were no slouches. Uh, he took six marks. So you know th- th- these are big numbers for a player, and he's not playing at a hundred percent of his potential. So Jack Bowes is going to be scary next year. So yeah, one point for him. Uh, totally agree. Who did you have for two? Uh, I had Sam Day for two. He provided a great target in the forward line. He took the most marks for the Suns. I think it was seven and kicked uh, two goals. Yeah, terrific. Uh, I had Witsy. Um, Witsy was immense. 53 hitouts. Um, didn't get a whole lot of help, unfortunately. Um, Sam Day and a bit later... Um, Chris Burgess actually looked really effective as a chop-out ruckman late in the game. That was actually a pleasant surprise to see him. He's certainly punching above his weight, and uh, and there's a really interesting aspect that he's added to his game. It's probably always been there, 
But um, no, it was good. Uh, but yeah, Witsy was just terrific all around the ground. Um, we'd like to see Witsy get his numbers up higher to sort of, you know, 20 touches. But when he's having 53 hitouts and playing the majority, I'd like to see him play a few, uh, you know, maybe 75% of the hitouts, get someone else back in like Peter Wright to, to sort of take the pressure off him there. And who was and your get one vote, so, anyway, two points for him. Who'd you have for three? Three votes I had for Swallow. What about you? Same. Okay. Yeah, clear cut. Clear cut. So, yeah, Swallow, 27 disposal, 17 contested, contested and 498 metres gained. Anything else you want to add to that? Oh, eight clearances, five tackles. And one last thing, whenever we screwed up or had a goal against us, you can see David Swallow there saying, okay, what, what went wrong here? Teaching moments. Brilliant. Yeah, it was a great captain's performance from David Swallow. All right, it's time for us to finish up with this episode. Uh, Unfortunately, we've had some audio issues where our live chat hasn't been able to listen to the show. So I'll have to dig into that and find out what's going on. But everything seems fine on our end, Tom. So that might be an issue with the hosting company Spreaker. But um, we'll be back on Thursday night for another episode to chat selections. So until then, go Suns. Go Suns. Summer happens at Speedway because everything you need for summer happens at Speedway. Like drinks, drinks happen. The freshly brewed drink, the splashed over ice drink, the wake you up drink, the cool you off drink, the make your brain hurt for a minute drink. All poured however you want them, whenever you want them, all summer long. So on every hot day, you have something cold to sip. Speedway, summer happens here. And now, get any size fountain or speedy freeze for just 99 cents. Excludes maximum. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot.